As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Darkness falls on the food court at the Mall of America in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The night is done, and the people are gone. One lone halogen shines like a lighthouse beacon at the center of the dining area. It is there that Clown stands before King. Decked out in his finest yellow jumpsuit, Ronald McDonald mean mugs and hunches his shoulders. On the other side, wearing bling and royal apparel, the Burger King faces his enemy with no emotion on his face whatsoever. It is here outside of a recently converted Sparrow that the fast food fight of the century is about to get supersized. It's Clown versus King. It's McDonald Land versus the Burger King Kingdom. It's Ronald McDonald versus the Burger King today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only, my co-host, of course, Ray Stacanus. Showdown September continues with our fourth matchup that will rank as one of the strangest episodes in Who Would Win history. In today's episode, we have a battle so epic, so huge, so consequential, that the world may be forever changed because of it. In one corner, you have Ronald McDonald, the strange, powerful, and strange clown person of McDonald's versus the slightly less strange but still enigmatic, and I guess, ruler of Burger King, I'm talking about the Burger King himself. 
And as usual for Showdown September, there's absolutely no need to do the patented Who Would Win Google test to see how often this matchup has been discussed, as I have personally witnessed two people actually getting into a fight over this very debate. I'm not going to say which side won. It was just a sad day for humanity because that's what people do. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? What happened to this show, James Gabsy? <laughs> How did we end up here in Showdown September in the boardroom talking about what are the matchups? Who are the characters that people always talk about fighting each other? And we land on Ronald McDonald versus the Burger King. Obviously, I got to take the Burger King. This is my chance to get unbanned from all locations. <laughs> I'm I, I'm somehow strangely excited, bemused, and rearing to go on a matchup this epic. Listen, we all have our, our, our fictional character doppelganger, if you will, right? Mine is Batman, uh, Shazam, many other good-looking people. Yours, as I've been saying since the very first day I met you in person, has been... The, the king of burgers, Burger King himself. I think you have a personal affinity towards this battle. Um, by the way, in the boardroom, uh, just let the Legion of Audience know, when this battle was agreed upon and I said, fine, I'll take Ronald on this, they did give me a warning and they said, James, we can't have you go full Scooby-Doo in this episode. I'm here to say that I will not go full Scooby-Doo. I'm actually going to surpass Scooby-Doo levels of insanity because that's what this battle merits. Now, Ray, this battle... Also kind of reeks. We're not being sponsored by either McDonald's or Burger King. We are not. Wondering. We're not. I wish. I'd be great. Um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Maybe they should. But this battle does reek of like corporate, you know, are we kind of going that direction? And I think we should. And I actually think we have some other matchups similar to this vein that we should really, really think and bring up to the boardroom to our, our production team. So I want to run a few by you. Tell me what sure. you think. What do you think of Colonel Sanders versus Mr. Clean? Now, that's going to be very, very tough. One, obviously, is military background. The other is a big, strong, tough guy who knows how to use a mop. That's true. And Colonel Sanders also has an expertise over poisons, toxins, and whatever whatever goes into the uh, that skin and the chicken of uh, you know, KFC. It's kind of it's gross. A secret. It tastes great. Nobody knows. No one knows. All right. Now, next match. Uh, you've mentioned this one before. The Kool-Aid Man mm -hmm. versus the Jolly Green Giant. How do you see that one going? That's that's real tough. The Kool-Aid Man powerful, breaks through walls, but the Jolly Green Giant is enormous. I mean, he is kaiju-sized. So it is, it's tough for the Kool-Aid Man, I think, to pull that one out. But also the question is, if you emptied out the Kool-Aid Man's pot, is he the pot itself or is he the liquid inside? Which of those two things is eminently the Kool-Aid Man? Uh, it's philosophical. I, I don't even want to get into it. My brain just exploded. I believe neither Aristotle or uh, Socrates could even figure that one out. That Couldn't is so it. crazy. All right, last one. Um, this is actually my personal favorite. Tony the Tiger mm. versus Chester Cheetah. How do you see that one? That's tough. See, Tony the Tiger, obviously a big sports icon, plays soccer, football, basketball, baseball, really likes to you know coach kids, knows how to use his body for violence in sports contexts, whereas Chester Cheetah is a little bit more sneaky. He's a little bit smaller, but he's a little weaselly, that guy. He's going to be stealing the Cheetos. So if he knows how to steal the Cheetos, he knows how to steal some punches. And I think it would be a tough out for Tony the Tiger. I just don't think Chester Cheetah's in any shape whatsoever. Like, he just he's sitting on the couch. He likes eating Cheetos. That's kind of it. We don't see him running or picking he's wily. up a weight. He's yeah, wily, he James. I wouldn't want him. I, I would rather mess with Tony the Tiger than Chester Cheetah because I don't want my tires slashed. Do you see? <laughs> That's true. But, you know, that happens after the fight. Tony the Tiger is buff. He he's is huge. huge. He's got yeah. like a James Gabsy type of build. And he's very nice like James Gabsy. But you don't want to get on his bad side is all I'm saying. Although 
Cheshire the Cheetah does have the build of a race to Canis. Now, listen, I can only imagine what would be going through these poor judges' minds for each of these fights, which is why I'm super excited we have the judge we have for today. This is a judge extraordinaire. Speaking of great judges, let's introduce them right now. Coming back for another episode of Who Would Win. It's podcaster extraordinaire and fan favorite judge. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Robert Clark Chan. Robert, welcome back to Who Would Win. What is this nonsense? <laughs> what did you bring me into? I have spent weeks, nay, months. I don't even, I've forgotten how long it's been that I've been crafting this Thunderdome thing for the Patreon. I have I have carved a niche for myself. I have made it my own. I have I have brought some serious attitude to the whole thing. And then you come and bring this this uh McDonald's versus Burger King thing like it's a a Thunderdome writ large. How dare you tax my gig, sir? How dare you? You know, there's some truth to that. Ray, you would also agree with this. The uh, Who Would Win production team actually likes you more than Ray and myself right now. Oh, that's they just, a fact. They, that yeah, is... they're raving about Thunderdome, and they're like, oh, and we also have Who Would Win. So, uh, yeah, you've definitely marked blah, your place. Blah, blah, blah. He's easy to work with. Blah, blah, blah. When he talks, he makes sense. You know, I'm tired of hearing all that stuff. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's just because I am so tired taking care of my child. I have nothing left to to uh, give uh, back talk for. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that because we were hoping for the opposite for today's judge. Listen, I know you'll no. do your best. You know, Robert, just for the Legion of Audience to know this, I've always seen you as a man of many talents and tastes. You know, according to the ghost of Stephen Hawking, you hold the world record for being able to correctly recite the most world records. Gandhi has said that you're one of the best dressers of all time. No one can de you know, debate that. And uh, Amazon has you listed as their best-selling product of 2022, 1422, and 3122. You are quite extraordinary. So with that being said, the Legion of Audience always wants to get a behind-the-scenes look of what we're doing, what the judges are doing. What are you up to lately, other than being an amazing parent? Tell us what, what great things Robert Clark Chan is up to. Well, first of all, thank you for that. Like, when I started marketing myself on Amazon as a bag of hot Cheetos uh, that comes with its own pair of chopsticks, I didn't know that it would uh, quite hit the way it did. But I'm Huge. I'm feeling good about it. Feeling good. The loincloth that was personally donated to me, uh, given to me by Mahatma Gandhi, it sits real nice on the hips. It's kind of like a low rise yeah. uh, loincloth. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I'm doing some live theater again, uh, some comedy stuff in Los Angeles, and that's kind of fun. Uh, but for the most part, I'm just uh, staying at home, staying away from uh, people, because it turns out uh, people are now used to this whole um, staying away from people thing, six feet. Uh, you can wear a mask and it's not weird. You don't have to talk to anybody, make eye contact, which is my natural state. So <laughs> when it, when everybody started, you know, getting on board the, the Chan wagon, I'm like, yeah, things are looking up for me. You know, the Chan wagon might be the next best-selling product on Amazon. So, you know, Robert, here's the thing. You know, are you I, – I know you weren't crazy about this matchup, but, you know, you've done some incredible judging before for our show. Do you think you're ready for what's about to happen, for what Ray and I are about to unleash on the world of who would win? I thought I was. And then you casually mentioned before the show started that there was a Ronald McDonald cartoon Mm -hmm. I hit the Wikipedia and my mind was blown. So <laughs> it's, my mind is already is already uh, shooting in twelve different directions. I do not know if I can handle this, but I will try. 
you know, it's funny because uh, for those who don't know, please join our Patreon uh, because you'll see that I know very little about contemporary animation and popular culture stuff from the past 10 years. I've been kind of involved in some different things. Yeah, I can't confirm. However, I was very aware that there was a Ronald McDonald McDonald's cartoon that was uh, beyond demented. I'm sure you can YouTube it and just um, lose your mind if you watch it. And the two people that do a podcast about weird cartoons had no idea. I know. Absolutely none that it existed. I know. You know, just just when you think you know what I can do and don't know – no, there's a lot I don't know, actually, or can't do, for that matter. All right, listen, we are about to embark. I'm, I can't believe how excited I am. We're about to embark on a Muppets versus Sesame Street type of battle that is going to rock the internet. It's going to change the landscape of who would win forever. And as Ray Sakana says, I'm all for that. So with that being said, let's get this party started. Ray, announce today's matchup. Representing McDonald's. The clown that's killed more people than it, Ronald McDonald. Yeah, I went there. Really? You had to? <laughs> and representing Burger King, the king whose word you can't take at face value since he's always delivering whoppers, the Burger King. Uh, well done, Ray. All right, now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a who and win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Race to Canis for this crazy matchup. What version of the Burger King will you be using? This is a special matchup that requires a special point of view. So I am going to, for the first time, take composite the wow. Burger King. Wow. So every version that's ever existed of the Burger King, you are taking feats and examples of of abilities and what have you from all of that. I personally believe that much like Unicron, the Burger King is a singularity (laughs) who exists in all universes uh, as one entity. Wow. I actually think that works. I think that works really well. Okay. Um, I could do the same with Ronald McDonald, specifically taking some aspects from the animated version, the video game version. I'm not, however, because after I did a lot of research, I found the most powerful, the most craziest version of Ronald McDonald exists within McDonald's commercials over the past 50 somewhat years. I'm going with the version that exists purely within the commercials for McDonald's. All right, rule number four. Debaters mainly use examples of skills, powers, and weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but would be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides. Has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. Rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now during the episode. Buy some McDonald's food, some uh, uh, a Burger King, the king of all burgers. Enjoy that while you buy our accessories. I'm sure that just goes together really well. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains. Let's keep it real. 
and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now, let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for The Burger King. The Burger King is a fast food mascot for the Burger King chain of fast food hamburger restaurants. He was created by some PR team, and Burger King hired them. Great. He first appeared in 1955. The original Burger King was either a very tiny man or a man who sat on an enormous burger. 
Either way, he was created to directly compete with McDonald's weird half man, half burger mascot at that time who had a paunch belly and human hands and feet and a burger for a head. Yes, the Burger King actually predates Ronald McDonald by nearly a decade. Didn't know that. An animated version of the King appeared in commercials under the name Kerger Bing in a campaign aimed at kids. In 2003 marked the debut of the Creepy King that we all know and love today, although his run only lasted a few years until 2010. However, he's been pulled from mothballs to do paid appearances from time to time, including as a member of Floyd Mayweather's entourage when he fought Manny Pacquiao in 2015. I do remember that. The King was there in a boxing match as part of it. It was crazy. Now, I thought, fun fact, I thought I had a good knowledge base when it came to Burger King, but I did learn something through this exercise. The chain known as Burger King was not always known by that name. No. When they debuted, they were known as Insta Burger King. That was a nod to the Insta Burger machine that they used to cook the hamburgers, which was different than the flat top grill that was used most everywhere else. Unfortunately, though, the Insta Burger machine was kind of crappy. It broke down so much preventing them from making anything at all, that they invented the flame broiler machine, and a version of that is still what they use today. That is the Burger King. Kerger King? Is that what you said? Kerger Bing. You Kerger... see, they flipped the letters B and K. Yeah, no, he, the... he was the villain in uh, Highlander 3. I was just about to say, right? Is he related yeah. to the Kurgan? Yeah. Is this the one hundred percent? They are I mean, cousins. They are cousins. Yes, that's I mean, that's why they they he fights so hard against Ronald McDonald. There yeah. can be only one burger chain. Yeah, it's true. This is yeah. it's and all true. And look, there, there's all kind. I learned more about Burger King through the the research for this battle that I'm comfortable <laughs> with. Quite honestly, <laughs> Ray. I'm sorry. I'm coughing and laughing at the same time because that's exactly how I felt. As I'm, you know, we both work so hard. We have a lot of responsibilities. We went down this horrific rabbit hole of research for our individual characters we're repping. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be the same. I think I lost a piece of myself somewhere where I found, uh, you know, what happened with uh, Birdie and the uh, French Fry Kids. All yeah, right. Th that there, was is, there was a point in my research where I did ask myself, how badly do you really want to win Showdown September? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, the answer turned out to be a lot. Yeah, that's what fuels us. Ray Sicanis, thank you for those great details. Here are the details for Ronald McDonald. Now, Ronald McDonald, known as Ronald McDonald in, in French, first appeared mysteriously in 1963 and is thought to have been created and portrayed by Willard Scott, the same Willard Scott who brought us the weather on the NBC morning show for decades. Ronald McDonald is a clown who's the primary mascot of the McDonald's all-American restaurant chain for over 50 years. He has been the chief happiness officer, the CHO, of the company since 2003. In television commercials, the clown inhabits a fantasy world called McDonald Land and has adventures with his friends Grimace, Hamburglar, Birdie, the early bird, and more. Ronald McDonald's appearance has changed over the years, but his notable look is him wearing yellow clothes, a red and white striped shirt, yellow gloves, and red clown shoes with yellow laces. His face is white with red hair and a big red smile. All in all, his appearance oddly and somewhat coincidentally matches the colors of McDonald's. Crazy how the world works. Since the time of his creation, Ronald has brought smiles, happiness, toys, and the joy of eating French fries to billions of people all over the world. And even throughout the universe, 
at least according to McDonald's commercials. And here's an interesting fact about Ronald McDonald. Did you know that Ronald McDonald looked completely different when he first appeared? It's true. Now, Ray, you were mentioning this. Let me kind of go into some detail here. Sure, we all know Ronald by his iconic red shoes, you know, the red hair, yellow jumpsuit, etc. But when he first appeared, his look was insanely different, almost creepy. Originally, the original Ronald was a freaky combination of clown and fast food dispenser who sported a paper soda cup for a nose, a serving tray that balanced a complete meal for a hat, and a magical belt that served up a mysteriously never-ending supply of McDonald's hamburgers around his midsection. The creepiness continued for three television commercials, which includes Ron McDonald talking a young boy into hanging out with him and accepting food, even though the kid's mom told him not to talk to strangers. That's Ron McDonald. That's the 60s, by the way. This is going to be insane. All right. I like that you only referred to that as kind of creepy. What does it take for James Gavsey to consider something full-blown creepy? No, no, no. If you're listening to this right now, Google original Ronald McDonald. Look at the images. You said creepy, and I was like, okay, I'm sure it's pretty weird looking. Oh, my God. Willard Scott looks like he is about to murder children, plural children, with his bare... I don't know. I imagine he has French fries for fingers yeah, or something it's, weird. It's crazy, but it's it's nuts. It is nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, look. Right, you found crazy stuff. I'm never right? going to be the same after this research. That and is. I, is any of a paper cup for a nose? Yes. That <laughs> is what? so upsetting. Why? 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 Who thought that was? You can't. There's no holes to breathe out. Who thought that was a good idea, right? <laughs> The heck is no. going on? He's balancing a whole meal on his head. And now you have the facts on both opponents. <laughs> Robert, do you have any questions before we get started? Here's the thing. We already had to cut out a segment of the show because – and put, we're putting it on Patreon because it's already gotten super weird. I can only imagine it's going to get weirder from here. You have no idea. It will. All right, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for the Burger King. We're going to talk about some of the feats, some of the accomplishments that he's done in some of his commercials because the Burger King has done a lot of things. He is a renaissance man of all time. One example is he played in the NFL. Now we know what it takes to uh, be an NFL player. You must be big, strong, fast, smart. You got to be able to be skilled. Well, I've seen visual proof that he played for the Minnesota Vikings of the NFL and not only ran for a touchdown, making defenders miss him, doing twist turns, diving, stumbling into the end zone. Some might say that it was digitally altered, but who can say? I've also seen Randy Moss catch a touch, uh, a pass well down the field and lateral it to who? The Burger King, who ran in for the game-winning touchdown on the final play of Randy regulation again. Some might say that was Mo Williams who actually caught that pass. No, I've seen visual evidence that it was in fact the Burger King. You got to be tough to be a football player. You got to take a lot of hits. Another thing I've seen Burger King do is dunk a basketball. He was playing one-on-one against an NBA player I did not recognize. And yes, he did cheat a little bit by putting out Burger King breakfast foods to catch his attention. He did a move around the NBA player Got up in the air and dunked it. Now, I don't know about y'all, but dunking a basketball is very, very difficult and requires superior athleticism at the very least. 
And in a King Kong movie tie-in, at one point, Burger King proved that he could transform himself into a giant kaiju-sized monster, went outside the apartment in New York City of a young lady, and offered her Burger King items. But the fact that he can transform himself seemingly at will into a kaiju monster does, in fact, bode well in this performance. In the video game, which I will now refer to as a documentary, Fight Night Round 3, he was officially unlockable as a boxing manager, which means that he understands the sweet science. That proves he can fight. If you can train boxers to go into a ring and be competitive, you yourself must be pretty good at fighting yourself. Heck, there was a child. Burger King had a child with a Klingon woman in a Star Trek crossover called a Kingon. Yes, he had a child with a Klingon woman named oh a Klingon. Oh now, God. anything I know about Klingons from Star Trek, we just did a Star Trek episode. They are big. They are tough. They're a warrior race. If he could mate with a Klingon woman, he must have proven himself in battle at some point in order to, I mean, it only makes sense. That's the only way that he would be able to have a, a Klingon woman for a mate is because he proved it in battle somewhere. And finally... In the ad campaign for the BK Homestyle Melt, a series of mothers attempted to assassinate him. They were very, very angry that the food he was putting on the, on the table in the style of Homestyle Melt rivaled their own mama's home cooking, so the only way they could answer that was with violence. They tried running him over with cars. They tried hiring hitmen to kill him, and he was able to survive all of it, win the day, you can't put down the Burger King. At the end of the day, his accomplishments are too great. Being a great athlete, being tough enough to survive hitmen, being able to survive a Klingon mating ritual. This man is too much for one clown. And that is my point number one. Look, uh, there's nothing to argue with here. This is all absolute truth. Uh, Burger King is is just, a first of all, in base form, he is a phenomenal athlete. I actually did some research. At the NFL Combine, he actually bench pressed 225 uh, 98 times. 98 times? 98 times and ran a 3940. That's really good. At a body weight of 360 pounds with a body fat percentage of 2%. This is a crazy yeah. athlete. We've never seen anything like this. Which He's is basically why the kingpin. That's right, but this is why he could survive uh, the Klingon mating ritual and, and be a Klingon. Uh, I was just thankful, Ray, you were there to witness it. I'm surprised you're still alive, by the way. All right, let me get to my point number one, because this is going to blow away anything that Burger King can do. Let's talk about Ronald McDonald's superpowers. Oh, yeah, he's got him Now, as many of the members of Legion of Audience know, Ray and I do our research. I do a lot more. And boy, did I ever do the research on this one. I mentioned before, I went down a rabbit hole like none other. Never going to be the same. So let's talk about Ronald's super strength. Did you know he saved the entire planet from a massive meteor falling to Earth? Yeah, he did. He pulled out a massive baseball bat from his sleeve and just while sitting, swung it and knocked the meteor back into orbit. That is crazy. Even if it's a small meteor, right? I don't know the exact way, but it's a small meteor. It's coming at Ronald with a power equivalent to 10 megatons. So Ronald easily has Superman level strength. That is crazy. He's got super speed. He's so fast, he rode a tricycle around the earth in under 20 seconds, which means he was riding the tricycle at 830 miles per second. I'll put that up against a sub 440 any day of the week. Ronald can teleport. This is fun. From one spot to another or to areas thousands of miles away. He has evidently invulnerability. 
He never got hurt from anything. Remember that baseball he used to knock, you know, the baseball bat he used to knock the meteor back into space? That should have vaporized him. There's no way. You hit a meteor with a baseball bat, you're done. That should have crushed him. Not only did he do it, he was doing it sitting down and was taking a bite of a hamburger while he was doing it. He survives the vacuum of space, which means he doesn't need to breathe. By the way, he can manipulate weather. He can stop and start rainstorms, completely shut down strong winds, can create clouds and make rainbows appear. Speaking of rainbows, he can walk on them and even walk on clouds. He's somehow in okay, this is this is kind of getting mind-blowing, right? He somehow can grant life to inanimate objects. I don't <laughs> even know how that works. Yeah. See, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh at this. Literally, Ronald McConnell is walking around. He's like, hey, see that tree over there? Watch this. Now the tree is talking, moving around, smiling, and enjoying delicious McDonald's hamburgers. Right? This is crazy. He has the power to manipulate physics. He can literally walk on walls, walk upside down on ceilings, and stay there. We haven't seen this kind of power since Scooby-Doo did it in season one. In one commercial, Ronald climbs up a mountain in seconds, bounces along some clouds, then dances down the string of a kite back to the ground. He once summoned a rope. Out of nothing, he summoned it and made a a staircase along a wall and then climbed the the rope staircase. Here's something. You know how we see a lot of people portraying Ronald McDonald at restaurants, charity events, and in my mom's basement that one time? Well, here's the deal. Just like you, I thought these were all actors dressed up as Ronald McDonald. You know, we all do. However, according to McDonald's official statement, we were all wrong. McDonald's says there's only one Ronald McDonald, and it's the same one we're seeing appear in all the commercials at the same time around the world. I don't know about you, but I tend to believe what McDonald's has to say more, you know, without question, which means, wait for it, Ronald McDonald controls quantum physics. The same way Santa Claus does. It's crazy. Ronald has all of his powers while he's appearing at the same time in at least 300 different places on the planet Earth, all the exact moment. To make this even more incredible, he can make exact duplicates of himself appear at any time he wants right beside him. And these duplicates have his same powers and work in perfect sync with the original, What's the Burger King going to do against Ronald and create an army of a superpower stuff at a moment's notice? This is crazy. He's going to bench press his way out? No. Fun fact, evidently, Ron McDonald is immortal. He hasn't aged one day since we first saw him in the early 60s. Want more? Ron McDonald can create a star, turn day into night, and can make a planet become a sentient being. How does Ronald have the capability to do all this? It's weird, but all this evidence points to one thing. Ronald McDonald can warp reality. I'll take your Burger King-sized kaiju any day, to lose, I should say, against reality-warping Ron McDonald. That's my point number one. James, I'm going to push back a little bit on some of the things that you said. First off, you're using the commercial version of Ronald McDonald, as you said, and yet you bring corporate statements into your argument. I would argue that McDonald's corporation has every reason to lie about the fact that there is more than one Ronald out there and that your ability to warp uh, physics and whatnot and create duplicates is a uh, uh, malarkey. Uh, quite frankly, I believe that there are many Ronald McDonald's. We know Willard Scott was one of them. And I want to use the version that you're saying, not some corporate overlords belief system. Now, the other thing I want to say is I believe that Ronald McDonald is an immortal being. And I believe that you're leaving out the reason why I have long speculated that the reason why Ronald McDonald does not age, why he has parlor trick magic. I believe he doesn't necessarily create stars as much as he does illusions because I do believe he is an illusionist at the end of the day, but I believe that he has made a death pact with the people at McDonald land corporation in that nothing on or of this earth can kill him except the food will someday. That is my belief. 
of Ronald McDonald, and I would like to put that onto the table. It makes him difficult in battle unless he eats his own food, because you never see Ronald actually eating it, do you? Yes, you do all the time. But I'm not saying there's not something in the food. Who knows? All right, Robert Clark Chan, you've heard a pretty good point from Risa Kings. You've heard explosive evidence from me in my point number one. Where's your head at so far with this battle? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I got my score sheet up here, and uh, I rank it on a uh, five-point scale every round. And uh, uh, it can't uh, be even, so it's, you know, 5-4, 5-3, 5-2. This very nearly was a straight-up 5-1 round, and I would have called it a knockout right off the bat. Uh, Ronald McDonald straight KOing Burger King before we even got going. The Burger King sounds... Pretty badass, and when you uh, add the whole uh, can turn into a kaiju-sized creature thing, like uh, that was a that was the point uh, when I uh, ripped Stitch that I really thought should have taken it. So I have a soft spot for that kind of thing. But I mean, Ronald McDonald has literal superpowers. Yeah, like knocking the meteor into orbit, uh, riding the tricycle around the Earth in twenty seconds. I respect that because that is a quantifiable thing. We can know exactly how fast he went. And that is important. He grants life to inanimate objects, including trees. That makes him an ent god. That is deity level stuff you're talking about right here. But as James or Ray pointed out, and as I noticed at first, uh, you did bring one thing in uh, about him summoning a rope and turning it into like a staircase or something like that. And to me, that is that is cheap parlor tricks. That's straight up magician stuff. Which then, you know, when Ray brings it up that he thinks many of these things are straight up illusions, now that door is open for me to think that, like, a lot of this might just be poppycock and just, you know, smoke and mirrors. So there is definitely room for doubt here. You are way ahead, James, but uh, you can you can trip and lose this thing pretty easily. All I heard is that I'm way ahead, and I'm going to go with that. All right. Ray Sicanus, you think there's parlor tricks? Let's see what you got for Burger King in your point number two. In point number two, first off, I just want to say exactly what I said before. He's an illusionist. This is not real magic. He is Mysterio. He doesn't necessarily have great powers. He has great tricks, and he uses them not typically for violence, but for showmanship for children. However, one thing Burger King does bring is attitude and how we think about he would handle this battle. Because first off, Ronald McDonald is a very easygoing character. He's great around kids. He He's always hanging out at McDonald Land. He's sitting around on these benches with his arms out basically all the time. Don't even see him move sometimes. He's a laid back, easygoing character. Burger King is intense. Burger King meets you where you are. He will, you will wake up and Burger King will be on your bed staring at you. That's the kind of intensity that Burger King would bring to this battle that, quite frankly, Ronald McDonald is not capable of. Ronald McDonald might have a trick here and there, but the Burger King, when it comes into battles, is going to be fighting to win. And one way that he's going to be doing that is with, is with his insane ability with stealth. He's much like a thief or a rogue in Dungeons and Dragons. The Burger King has an incredible ability to disappear from plain sight, sneak up behind you, and do whatever he needs to do. In many cases, that's offer you delicious Burger King breakfast, but in many cases, it could also be stabbing. 
let's face it, it's on the table. This is a battle after all. At one point, he did the Fallout tactic from the Fallout series of video games, the reverse pickpocket. It's one thing to reach into somebody's pocket and pull something out and steal their wallet. It is quite another thing to be able to reverse pickpocket somebody. And in this case, he put money in someone's pocket on the street. Now, some might say that's a weird advertising gimmick. I say he wanted to prove his power and he ended up having to run from the police and escape them. In this particular incident, he also one time broke into McDonald's headquarters. Yes, he did. He jumped fences, used ropes, climbed into their building, all without being seen by any security at all. Why? Because he wanted to steal the recipe for the Egg McMuffin so he could make his Burger King version of the Egg McMuffin. Wasn't successful, but he did it anyway. And we don't even want to talk about the Sneak King video game series where he's around a construction site, a neighborhood, other uh, other places. I only remember those two levels, but I think there were like six. And he's hiding from people. He needs to stealthily move through the field, sneak up behind people, and deliver them burgers in a flourishing way to gain all kinds of points. So the point is, you could just be staring at him. Poof, he's gone. He's jumped into a pile of leaves. He's jumped into a porta potty. He's jumped into a dumpster or a trash bin of some kind or a sandbox. It doesn't matter. He's like Assassin's Creed is who he is. So when you think of Altair, when you think of any of the Assassin's Creed heroes, think of the Burger King. All he's missing is that punch blade to get it done. And last but not least, the most impressive place he ever snuck into was to into an Imperial base in the Star Wars universe. And he surprised Master of the Force, Darth Vader, who was walking to his chamber, opened the door, and Burger King was there staring at him, face to face. And guess what? Neither man budged. Neither man got out of the way. They just uncomfortably stared at each other for a good 15 to 20 seconds. If you could stare down Darth Vader and have him not make a move and you yourself not flinch, I gotta believe if you can beat Darth Vader like that, you can beat Ronald McDonald with tactics, something Ronald's never shown. And that's my point number two. Ah, so much to push back on. Now, first of all, you know, who doesn't enjoy watching a grown man in the form of Burger King just kind of use his stealth and... Someone's waking up in their bed and he's right beside them staring at them. I mean, as creepy as that is, that's still fun to watch. Here's the deal, though, Race to Canis. The Burger King never finished the job. Things were left unresolved in almost every commercial. You mentioned how he stares down Darth Vader. And then what? What happens then? Nothing. He probably ran for his life. He stares down someone else. What happens? Nothing. He runs from the – he doesn't finish the job, Race to Canis. Sure, he's got some abilities. He can start it, but it doesn't get done. Every commercial I'm reciting right here with Ron McDonald – there's a plot, there's a problem, and Ronald McDonald solves it, and everyone's happy at the end. Ronald McDonald is a doer and a finisher. Burger King is just a good-looking guy who shows up. Also, he ran from the police, Burger King did. That's interesting. Let's compare that to Ronald McDonald. He doesn't run from the police. You know why? He controls the police. I'm, of course, talking about Officer Big Mac. And by the way, he yeah. controls the whole city he's in. Why? Because guess who's in his back pocket? Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Sorry, kids. You thought Ronald McDonald was this pure bastion of goodness? He's got a little Tony Soprano is all I'm trying to say. Let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about Ron McDonald's additional superpowers and his abilities and other cool things. Now, listen, this is kind of crazy. Ronald McDonald can break the fourth wall, okay? He knows he's in a commercial, and he's looking at you, the viewer, while you're watching him in the commercial. How incredible and frightening is that? 
So do you know why he can break the fourth wall? It's because of the only thing that makes any sense whatsoever. It's so obvious. It's crazy. It's because he's omniscient. He knows everything about anything at all times. Listen, he knows what everyone wants to eat at all times. That's a fact. How many times have you heard of a kid or a character say to Ronald in a commercial, no, I don't want that McFish sandwich. I want a quarter pounder. That never happens. You know why? Because he always knows what everyone around him wants to eat and he gives it to them because he knows everything. By the way, why does he always have an object or a device or some type of deus ex machina waiting for him in case there's a problem? It's because he has precognition abilities. That's the only thing that makes sense. He knows what he needs to do before he needs to do it. Hamburger was always trying to steal hamburgers, and yet somehow, somehow, Ronald always knew how to set up something or how to make something magically appear in Hamburglar's Hamburglar's path before he could get away. He always got the hamburgers back from Hamburglar, which is really crazy because I'll describe him later on. In a fight with a so-called Burger King, there's a good chance Ronald would know every move Burger King would make before the Burger King would even do it. Oh, and Ronald can time travel. How's that? He took a young boy. This is kind of crazy. He took a young boy back in time with him to ancient Rome to see the sights and enjoy wonderful McDonald's hamburgers and fries back in gladiator times. Another fun fact, we have no idea if he brought the kid back to the present. He could be stuck in the past doing Ronald's bidding. I have no idea, but it's a thing. Despite all these powers is the real reason why Ronald will win. See, Ronald's greatest weapon is his mind. Evidently, Ronald is a genius inventor amongst everything else. He created time-traveling devices on top of his power to go back in time. He created interdimensional portals, rocket boots. Uh, His handkerchief can turn into a grappling hook, probably the most amazing invention of all time. He even created a robot with what appears to be the most advanced AI of all time, who also enjoys, coincidentally, eating very tasty McDonald's hamburgers, fries, and shakes. But let's talk about the army Ronald McDonald has at his beck and call. This is kind of a secret weapon, but that's not so secret. And keep in mind that each of these characters have superpowers of their own. Let's start with Grimace. We've talked about Grimace before. Grimace is a large purple taste bud who was originally known as the evil Grimace. In Grimace's first two appearances, he was depicted with two pairs of arms with which to steal milkshakes and soft drinks like Grace Decanus did at my birthday party. Fun fact, a taste bud's lifespan is 10 days. And yet Grimace has been alive and kicking since the first time we saw him back in 1971. So evidently, Grimace is indestructible and immortal. That's part of Ronald's army. There's more. There's the Hamburglar who had a slight speech impediment due to his uh, need to only say robble, robble. The Hamburglar, Hamburglar, can't even say it. The Hamburglar has super stealth as well and super speed. Another cool thing to have in your army. There's Birdie the Early Bird. She was the first identifiably female character in McDonald's, you know, characters who debuted in 1980 to promote the company's new breakfast items because that's a thing to do. Birdie can fly even though her wings barely move and appear to be non-functional, totally non-functional. And race to cans, you said before, if you can have someone who can fly, you've got a distinct advantage in the fight. Then there's the Fry Girls and Fry Guys. These characters possess no arms, no mouth, yet could somehow steal and consume copious amounts of French fries. Uh, let's see. Think of them as the stormtroopers. They can easily get in someone's way in the of the fight. Then there's, of course, Officer Big Mac, who's a huge Big Mac-headed character and forces a lot of McDonaldland. Then, my favorite, the McNugget Buddies, a bunch of sentient chicken nuggets who could somehow travel on their own and infiltrate places, speaking of stealth. So I thought Ronald had done the unthinkable and killed or dispatched everyone in this army because we don't see him a whole lot. But no, they just live in McDonaldland and he can summon them whenever he needs to. This is really crazy. That's the difference between these two. Burger King has subjects in his kingdom. He's got some cool things and powers of his own. But Ronald McDonald, on the other hand, has an almost infinite amount of powers and an army ready to gladly fight for him and the honor of McDonald's French fries and hamburgers. That's my point number two.
James, I got a lot of problems with some of the things that you just said. You know, obviously bringing in extracurricular characters. Chan told you you were way ahead in this battle. Now you seem insisting on breaking every single rule of a who would win debate. If you're already ahead, just milk the lead, James. You don't need to cheat because assuredly, if Robert Clark Chan has any justice in his system at all, he will deduct points at this point for you trying to include other characters. Look, I'm not talking about the Burger King Kids Club today. I'm not talking about characters such as Sir Shakes-A-Lot, Burger Thing, or or the Wizard of Fries robot that Burger Wheels. King used to hang Wheels. out with. Wheels! We are not talking about wheels today. No, I'm not doing any of those things. So shame on you. Now, what I would say right here, the Hamburglar is not a worthy opponent for Ronald McDonald. One, he can barely talk. He's walking around as a criminal wearing prison clothing. And the only thing he steals is hamburgers from the most powerful character in his own universe. Lex Luthor, this guy is not. And I would argue that the reason why the kids are always happy to get the food from Ronald McDonald is they are terrified of him. Because the way you describe it, he's Dr. Manhattan in this universe. Do you remember that episode of The Twilight Zone with Billy Moomy and everybody was afraid to tell the kid anything because he could eradicate them with a thought? These kids, if Ronald McDonald hands you a filet fish even if you don't want a filet fish which you should because they're delicious, but even if you didn't want one, you're not going to tell Dr. Manhattan, uh, no thank you. You're going to eat the filet fish James. Terror. He's terrorizing these children. Outrageous. Ray, we're talking about a character who offers a hamburger to Mayor McCheese a walking hamburger. He's making a hamburger eat a hamburger. Doesn't did, that just what prove did I ever my, say Ronald was yeah. a good person? Yeah, that this, is a just, monster. To my point. To my point. Doesn't negate, it doesn't negate the fact that he's so powerful. All right, listen. We are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Robert will tell us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Robert has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week every week. We choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today's patron that we're going with, oh, we got to do it. Ken Bjorn Turner. Ooh, the Viking. All right, right, here we go. The Viking is taking on Colonel Sanders. Boy, Colonel Sanders. First of all, Colonel Sanders, as we all know, has that military background. So he's probably going to come in with a sword, riding a horse. I'm assuming with a musket of some kind, because I believe it was a, a Civil War era general. But I could be totally wrong about that. I didn't look it up. But the one thing that Ken Bjorn Turner brings is Viking tactics. He's a large man, impressive in size. He's going to be wearing a helmet with no horns, because that's the reality of Vikings. And he's going to have a gigantic two-handed battle axe. So when Colonel Sanders rides up on his horse with his saber and starts to rattle it, Ken is just going to take the giant axe, knock him off the horse with one swing. Colonel Sanders' white suit going to be turning red pretty soon because that battle axe is going to strike down on him. Colonel Sanders takes the loss. Makes complete sense. Colonel Sanders uses, like, you know, poisons and toxins, you know, not to take on the opponent themselves. When he does, he'll get destroyed, especially by someone like a Viking. All right. This was an awesome battle. Well done, Ray Sicanus. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Robert, let's get back to the turning point. You've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Before we get to that, can I just say 
that you have twice besmirched the good name of KFC in this episode, and I am not happy about it. Not even a little bit. The food is terrible. Yes. Churches is better. Popeyes is better. Almost every fast food chicken place is better than KFC. But still, at the end of the day, fried chicken is the best food in the world. So not even the <laughs> low-level stuff. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that from you, James. Fair enough. As regards the round two, yeah, you you spent half your point, James, bringing in outside help. You didn't need to. It was a complete derailing of of an otherwise good point. You're bringing in the fact that he breaks the fourth wall, which is great. He's got time travel. He's a necromancer. This this taste bud who's been alive for decades that normally has a 10-day lifespan is an undead zombie. That's horrifying. That's all very useful things in a fight. And uh, Ray's point was basically... The Burger King is a dude with tood. Um, <laughs> he he stares down Vader. Sure, he sneaks around and gives people people burgers, whatever, trying to pretend like he's uh, um, Ezio from Assassin's Creed. Uh, I I don't know that I buy that, but I do think sure he could sneak up behind you and stab you in the back if he ever you know evinced some uh, uh, notion of doing that in any of you know. Anything, because uh, you're doing a uh, um, composite character. So show me an anime where he actually stabs somebody with a knife. <laughs> show me a comic book. Show me the the Dark Horse limited series where he strangles somebody with his sneakiness. I mean, James pretty clearly stepped over the line. I am I am going to give it to you on principal ray but be aware that that's like a five four round and you got you still have a lot of catching up to do he's a necromancer for crying out loud good he can resurrect himself when i kill him show me how let's see it ray show us what you got give us your point number three point number three because i want to talk about the fact that ronald mcdonald uses illusion magic ronald mcdonald is not as powerful as james gavsey is implying he only pretends to be that powerful and has an entire nation of children terrified of him into telling him how powerful he is that's my first point because in the 1970s, Burger King was actually the marvelous, magical Burger King. He was a wizard. He was a magician. He was a purveyor of real magic. Unlike this fakey illusionist stuff that Ronald McDonald had, the Burger King of the 1970s is an actual magical being. He was able to conjure his own magic rope, and instead of using it to climb uh, uh, the side of a wall, which is a Again, a parlor trick. He actually was able to use this rope to fly up into the air. Not that he needed that rope. He's able to fly on his own as he showed levitation ability many times in his own commercials. You mentioned early bird needs to fly. Well, she ain't here, James. My character can fly. I have not seen full evidence that yours can. And to what you just said, the flying character will, in fact, have the advantage. One time I saw him warp reality of his own. He was driving a go-kart. He pulled down a hole, threw it in front of him, creating a hole in an obstacle of a box in front of him, and then drove through the obstacle in the hole. 
We have an actual reality warper on the side of the Burger King versus the parlor trick illusions of one Ronald McDonald. In fact, there is a character, and this is how I know it's real. There was a character called the Duke of Doubt. The Duke of Doubt was a royal character who was much like Doubting Thomas from the Bible. He did not believe the things he was seeing, and he showed up in these Burger King commercials saying, I don't believe you. But then he was made to believe the magic was real in all of these commercials. You know why there's no Duke of Doubt character in McDonald land? Because he would punch holes through the illusions of Ronald McDonald, and Ronald can't have that. Burger King's not afraid to put his magic in front of people who don't believe. Why is Ronald so scared? Because it's not everything it's cracked up to be. In fact, at one point, through the use of magic, the marvelous magical Burger King turned hamburgers into french fries. That's right, the power of transmutation through his magic, turning one substance into another. Not just that, he once turned one hamburger into three hamburgers. We're talking loaves and fishes here, if we want to continue the biblical theme. And no, I don't want to, but here we are. He can use transmutation. He can warp reality and create holes where there are no holes and then interact with those holes. All I've seen Ronald McDonald do is a little CGI star trick with his hands to make an M in the sky. Who cares? That's not going to help you in a battle against a battle NFL tested uh, hero royalty of the king who's using stealth tactics to sneak up behind you and then can also use real magic to really take you out. What Superman? You said before, Superman is Ronald McDonald. What Superman's weakness? Magic. Real magic, James. Not the fake stuff that you have to terrorize kids into believing in McDonald land. And that is my point number three. You know, it's interesting. Burger King has the power of transmutation and he can transform fries into burgers, but evidently he can't transform anything into sales superior to McDonald's and market share. That's interesting. He can't actually help his own business, his own kingdom overcome that of McDonald's, which is really where this counts if you're thinking of the bigger picture here. Look, you can say that Ronald's got parlor tricks in terms of magic. But again, he could actually stay on a cloud, use a rainbow to climb up, go to a cloud, stand on the cloud, reach up to the sun, and turn it on. How do you fake that? He can actually turn a planet sentient. Oh, I can make a burger turn into three burgers. Awesome. I can make the planet have a face and start talking to everybody while I climb up a rainbow. It's not the same thing. That is cool magic. I love to see it at birthday parties, what Burger King does, but he's got nothing on Ronald. Let me get to my point number three, and I'm about to make things very, very clear with all this. Let's talk big wins for Ronald, because you know what we don't see Burger King doing? Beating people or winning against huge battles, but Ronald has. All right, listen, a small one. Ronald has taken on a bull at a rodeo. You think that's not that impressive, but not only did Ronald evade the bull, but he also convinced the bull to start tra- stop charging at him and to become his friend somehow through the great tasting McDonald's hamburgers and french fries. I don't think that's really cool, feeding a, a bull a hamburger, but, you know, it's Ronald McDonald here. I never said he was the nicest guy around. Ronald also has taken on and beaten Alien invaders who possess super advanced alien tech and tractor beams, one of the favorite things that Race of loves from Star Wars. Now, these aliens showed up over McDonald's, blasted through the roof, and tried to suck up all the French fries and all the items that are, and even tried to suck up the kids. Ronald, thinking quickly, pulled out a straw, put it in his mouth, put it up at the spaceship, and then started sucking on the straw 
destroying and reversing the tractor beam. He out-tractor beamed a tractor beam from aliens with advanced tech because that's what Ronald can do. That's this parlor magic that Ray says he has. This is something that he beat aliens who could traverse across the universe with superior technology, beat them easily, and actually became his friends and gave him french fries too because he said now the universe can benefit from french fries. All right. Ronald has had many opponents through the years. He's beaten them all quite easily, but the biggest, baddest opponent Ronald McDonald has taken on and beaten twice is an opponent so dastardly, so evil, Ray Stacanus, so disturbing that they may indeed be the physical manifestation of end times. I'm talking, of course, about the man. Yes, Ronald has taken on and beaten the man twice. 2010, the Corporate Accountability International Organization in Boston, Massachusetts stated, that they thought Ronald McDonald should absolutely be retired due to childhood obesity in the United States. A horribly unfair and unjust accus- accusation, uh, I must say. I, actually, I can't even say it was straight face. That, that, there may be some merit with that. In fact, on May 18, 2011, Corporate Accountability International renewed their call to retire Ronald McDonald by running ads in major newspapers and launching several web pages dedicated to the retirement of Ronald. However, through his power of breaking the fourth wall, reality warping, and great-tasting hamburgers and fries, Ronald McDonald resisted and then defeated the Corporate Accountability International Organization, quite easily, I may add, and came out of the battle stronger than ever, remaining the face of McDonald's in an even bigger way than before. And then it happened again. However, this time, it came from within. McDonald's itself tried to firstly give Ronald a new, more updated look, which Ronald quickly rejected, and then McDonald's did the unthinkable. They decided to go with a more adult, a more Starbucks theme for their restaurants, thereby removing the infamous ball pits, which I enjoyed well into my adulthood, removing the interior jungle gyms and play structures, which I also enjoyed well into my adulthood, and create a more mature restaurant setting all was seemingly lost for our hero until that fateful day back in 2019 at the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, where Ronald McDonald appeared once more as a floating kaiju-sized deliverer of truth, justice, and great-tasting fries and hamburgers. Ronald had not been defeated. Oh, no. Ronald waited for the right moment and had simply gone Super Saiyan. Take that. And where's the actual Burger King, the so-called king of all burgers, been lately? I haven't seen him. Well, unfortunately, the man... Got to him in a big way, according to Burger King, the corporate Burger King organization that is, due to sluggish sales and customer aversion, Burger King retired the 2000 versions of the Burger King character in 2011 due to aversion from customers. That's crazy. When it comes to dealing with the man between these two, there's only one character left standing, and he wears huge red clown shoes and offers the best-tasting fries in the multiverse. Yeah, I said it. That's why the Burger King loses. That's why Ronald McDonald wins. That is my point number three. A very strange point number three from James Gavsey, who insists he's using the commercial version and then immediately starts talking about courtroom battles that have nothing to do with the commercials whatsoever, and then brings up tractor beams. We established in the very last episode that apparently tractor beams don't matter in anything. As was established last episode, Star Destroyer versus the Enterprise. Strange. And I would argue that better enemies exist for the Burger King. Yes, uh, uh, these aliens sound delightful that Ronald McDonald could beat them with a straw and lung power. They sound really strong, James. Great job. Burger King stared down Darth Vader. Darth Vader, the Imperial Lord, the guy with his own theme song, Burger King stared him face to face and would not budge, would not move. The only thing I have to say about all this is obviously Burger King has better tactics. He's going to hide. He's going to stick and move and weave. 
And then all of a sudden, Ronald McDonald's going to make that little starry M, and he's going to have a big smile on his face, and Burger King's going to punch him square into his nose to the point where you don't know what's red makeup and what's blood. Burger King is going to absolutely devastate Ronald McDonald because when Mysterio was forced to fight in Spider-Man movie, he had a problem with an actual powerful character in Spider-Man who ended up wrecking him using all of his different uh, powers and visions and sources, and it was wonderful. So I will ask today, have you had a, your break today, Ronald? Because you're about to get both arms and both legs broken. I'm loving it. I was never a fan <laughs> of that expression, by the way. I'm loving it. That's just, just not a thing. All right, Robert... Robert Clark Chan, esteemed judges. It's time. a good time for a great taste of victory <laughs> for the Burger King today. James, you stepped out of your lane too many times. You had some impressive feats that I was able to poke a hole in and drive a Mack truck through it, and you couldn't stay on point. I don't care if it's by technicality. I will, of course, revel in winning Showdown September right now. Robert Clark Chan, king me. Hold on. Here's the deal. Are there ball pits with like horrible diapers that were discarded, like at the bottom of them at Burger King. Burger King still remains a urine free area. Exactly. There's no way you can toughen up your kids by going to Burger King, going to McDonald's and embrace the real world. And all of a sudden your kids come out superior. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Robert, I got listen. stuck in that Mayor McCheese prison thing once. It was very upsetting, traumatizing for five-year-old Ray. <laughs> I remember getting the call last week, but we got you out though. You're okay. You gotta have to hug You know how yeah. hard it is for me to get in there these days? <laughs> like we use the grease from the fries. All right, Robert, it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process, tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Ronald McDonald and the Burger King. This has indeed been a wild ride. Uh, I myself have my own biases. Uh, when I hate myself, I go to Burger King to eat. <laughs> uh, I do not go to McDonald's to eat. Except that my four-year-old is a four-year-old, and so I have to go to McDonald's, and I'm not going to make two trips. I'm just going to have to get the chicken nuggets or freaking whatever it is there. I don't like eating McDonald's. I am forced to because, I mean, hey, the uh, the Happy Meal toys ain't none better. Never been matched. You know, what are you going to do? At the beginning of this thing, Ray came out strong. He said that uh, Burger King played in the NFL, which, you know, honestly, that doesn't impress me so much uh, because he's dodging and weaving. But who is he dodging and weaving against? Because, I don't know, if he were playing against the Lions, that's not a real big feat. <laughs> but you have made a lot of solid points that convince me that, uh, uh, yeah, he is both a uh, uh, physically strong uh, peak human, I would say, uh, possibly even a little bit more. Um, he is, uh, a, a wizard, a, you know, like legit, you have convinced me that he has, uh, uh, supernatural powers and he can do some, some like legit things. He can actually fly. And in the, uh, Megatron King Kong case that we, you know, I, I always think of like, yes, Megatron will always be King Kong because he can fly. And just, you know, uh, snipe from a distance. Uh, the, the Mario Kart go, uh, whole thing, like that's some great Looney Tunes style magic. I will buy that. You got a little close with, uh, I don't know, uh, making him into Burger Jesus, 
but I think we can let the blasphemy lay for now and just uh, concede that he is very, very strong and adept at magic. By contrast, Ronald McDonald is just off the charts. You're you're saying things that are, you know, like he's granting life to planets like the Genesis Project or something. Um, and he has, you know, he can touch the sun and turn it on. These are all, you know, I I don't want to say Superman level powers, but yeah, we're talking Omega level mutant stuff. And the only the only way that that could be taken down is uh, to prove to me that he is not. That all of these things are complete fabrications. And honestly, you have to take them all down for for me to buy that. You made a big misstep, James, when you said that Ronald McDonald took down the man. You, you, you went for he was a cop, and then you said that he was taking down the man. It's got to be one or the other. And then you told me who the man was. Corporate Accountability International? That sounds like the good guys to me who are trying to take down the man themselves, which says to me that Ronald McDonald is the man. I don't care for the man. But all of that aside, he has tremendous power. So as much as I don't care for his politics, it does have to be a battle of feats. So what it comes down to is, is it real? Is it real? Or all of these just David Copperfieldian illusions? And I mean, oh, I'm, I'm looking at Burger King and I'm saying he had a child with a Klingon woman. You don't. I mean, that doesn't come along every day. Okay. That is an impressive feat that in the, that should just win this thing hands down. So now I got to look and see, ah, is the magic real or not? Is it real or not? A lot of these things can just be made up, could just be camera trickery. You know, I th think what it comes down to is that, uh, Ray, you made a point that Superman's weakness is magic. And what you have just done is conferred upon Ronald McDonald the power levels of Superman because you were so afraid of his power that you wanted to be able to defeat him with your magic. So if you were saying that your magic could poke holes in Superman's powers, then you have conceded Ronald McDonald has Superman powers. And as good as this magic is, it's strictly street-level stuff, man. There is nothing even close to touching Ronald McDonald's Omega-level mutant powers, uh, Super Saiyan powers, Superman-level Kryptonian powers, however you want to say it, Ronald McDonald beats Burger King, period. And there you have it, Legion of Audience. You couldn't have asked for a better analysis, a more perfect judge, a better outcome for this battle. Because, listen, as much as we love the Burger King, and we all do, really. He's a he's level, great character. He's nothing compared to the immensely powerful, the long-lasting, the whatever you want to call him, Ronald McDonald, the necromancer. By the way, that's how he's going to be referred to by me for all time. Race to Canis. Tell the Legion of Audience how you feel with this decision right now. 
Very disappointed in this decision. I believe I did an excellent job refuting all of the points. Uh, I believe that Robert Clark Chan had to do some transitive property right there in order to in order to come down with his decision, which I am not always in favor of. Look, at the end of the day, Ronald McDonald, whether it is trickery, illusions, or real magic, he's a tough competitor out there. You know, one of the tough things about him is the fact that, yeah, we have seen him in these deathly situations that he's able to handle with uh, without really breaking a sweat. He finds a way around it using uh, tune logic, quite frankly, and, and I'm surprised you didn't go that route, nor was I going to give it to you, but the battle's already over, so I don't care anymore. I'm very disappointed, mostly in that I was really hoping that a win today would get me back in the good graces of the Burger King Corporation, get my face off of all of the employee walls, <laughs> and I would be allowed inside the Burger King once again, where I have in the past been belligerent and maybe acted out of out of step with myself and the morals I choose to live by, and I must, unfortunately, maintain that punishment from the Burger King himself. Every time Ray flinches, you know that someone has walked in the door of a Burger King in Detroit. Oh. That is the source of Ray. That is the anti-Ray right there. That's two places I'm not allowed to go into anymore. The, the state of Michigan, the city of Detroit, and also any Burger King. So if you are in a Burger King in Detroit, the odds of you seeing me are as zero as could possibly be. I would require the King's ability at stealth to find my way into that situation, and I frankly don't have it. And honestly, I feel kind of bad about this because I like the Burger King as a character. Like, he's creepy, but in, uh, as you say, an attitude kind of way. And again, you know, uh, uh, that, that he can bonk a Klingon is, is no mean feat. And Ronald McDonald is just a creep. And seeing the original Ronald McDonald just oh, yeah. out of this world, bonkers, nuts, creepy. I don't like him. I've never really liked him, I don't think. And all of his, all of his sycophants, the Hamburglar and Mary McCheese and all this. Uh, I, I don't like McDonald's, but you know, I mean, you just got to go with the numbers. You got to go with the numbers on this you, one. You know what's crazy? It's like I'm not I, – I also agree with you, Robert Clark Chan. I actually prefer Burger King as a restaurant chain to McDonald's. I never feel good better. about myself as a human being if I go to McDonald's and I never feel good health-wise after I've eaten at a McDonald's. But the one thing that you got to realize is that none of the uh, characters, secondary characters from McDonald's ever appeared in a commercial without Ronald. You know what that tells you? Ronald's not a good person. He's a bad person. He's feeding cheeseburgers to Mayor McCheese. Uh, Birdie's not allowed out unless he's there. The Hamburglar, as Ray said, may have some personal and emotional issues. And what does Ronald do? Make fun of him every chance he gets. I wasn't debating if he was a good person or not because he's not. It's That's true. why we all love Burger King. The one fact that I learned from this is did you know that worldwide, 1% of the entire world's population every day will have at least one meal at McDonald's. Jesus. Oh, and no. 1% of the world's population will have problems in the bathroom later that night is all I'm saying. All right, listen, Robert Clark Chan, yet again, you provided us with just the template of ideal judging with your judging wizardry, your judging expertise, your 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 je ne sais quoi, as I've often said you've had. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you and everything you do. Find me on Twitter at 999 RPMs. Got a delightful podcast called Knowing is Half the Podcast, where we 
watch old cartoons and talk about them. You can watch along with us or just uh, we, we do a sort of recap in case you don't want to scar your eyes with things like uh, Soulmates. Uh, also, there's a podcast called AE Double Back where we uh, watch and talk about uh, the uh, AEW Dynamite show Wednesday nights. That's a fun one. You should check that out, too. Very cool. All right. Everyone should do that as well. Race to Canis. I, I had to come at this battle very, very hard, very intense today because I could not go down that way and show down September. I've won it before. I definitely want to win it again. But uh, I live to fight another day. I know you're going to come at me hard with uh, next week's battle. So with that being said, tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. Well, first off, I will say you came so strong in your point number one. Maybe the strong, you like to come out of the gate strong and I like to sandbag along. This is our personal styles. It always, uh, it never ceases to amaze me how we always maintain what we're going to do. But your points two and three were so off center that you're lucky that you came out so strong in point number one <laughs> and were able to coast it all the way to victory with me sniping and poking holes at you the entire time. Uh, I'm, I'm, for, I'm frankly disappointed in this result. I can't get too angry about it because this is a Ronald McDonald versus the Burger King battle. <laughs> Nothing that I can really get emotional about more so than I already am. You can, of course, listen to my shows. Knowing us at the podcast, I guarantee by the end of this week, Myself, Robert Clark Chan, and potentially even TV's Gene Ippolito will watch the McDonaldland Ronald McDonald cartoon on Knowing Us Half the Podcast. So if you are interested in that, <laughs> flip on over and find it because you're going to want to listen to it. It's going to be bonkers crazy. Also, of course, reclaimed Detroit, Vampire the Masquerade audio drama. Go to VampireDetroit.com or at Vampire Detroit on Twitter. Find it where you podcast. Episode one was in the Who Would Win feed and I know that over, I think, 2,000 of you listened to it, which is outstanding. Thank you so much for those who did it. Hey, if you did it, you liked what you heard, come on over to the reclaimed Detroit feed and listen to four more episodes of it, for there are five in total and only the first one's going to appear on this feed. Go check it out, is what I'm trying to say. We would like the numbers. So that's my story, James. I'm getting out of here. Fair enough. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. You remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Cicadas, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You gotta sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.